Well, Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the fact that it really is a story of amazing love. Father, we give you all the praise, all the glory for the fact that we are here tonight. I thank you that we can sing your praises. We can sing and rejoice the fact that you sent your son to be born in a manger, to grow and to to die for us, Father. That really is a story of amazing love. Father, this really is all about you. Father, I pray that you speak to us now. Pray that my lips are your lips, my heart is your heart. And Father, that you move among us this evening. You convict our hearts. Father, we give you all the praise, all the glory. And Father, as we hear your word proclaimed, that we won't just be hearers of the word, but we will be doers of it as well. I ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas. It is wonderful uh, to be here. My name is Jared Ott, and uh, it's wonderful to be here. I love hearing that song, Noel. Uh, It's really powerful to hear these kids up here singing, uh, singing praises. And one thing that we know for sure is that they're not just singing the song, that they believe it, they know it. So I love it. I love Noel. It's one of my favorite Christmas carols. You know, it's really wonderful to be here at Christ Church this season. I'm glad that you're here with us. If you're new uh, with us, glad that you're worshiping with us tonight. Uh, it's a great time to be here at Christ Church. All the wonderful things going on. I love all things Christmas. I really do. I know I, I give my family a hard time that uh, I have to put up the lights every year and uh, do all the decorating and all the stuff that leads up to Christmas. But I really, truly love it. Uh, I love the Christmas shopping and the decorating and all the things that go into Christmas. It really is a wonderful time. Christmas Eve especially. We're going to take communion together as a family in a bit. And we're going to have a time where we light candles and sing Silent Night. One of my most favorite times of year. Christmas is really wonderful. I, I've really enjoyed, learned to enjoy a lot of things about Christmas. This year specifically, I, I've really learned to uh, appreciate something about the Christmas season that I really never thought I would appreciate. Uh, something that's really grown on me more than it ever has in the past. Uh, and it really all started kind of by accident. Uh, it started a few weeks ago. Uh, I had the privilege of uh, celebrating Christmas with my family. Uh, they live on the other side of uh, Pennsylvania. We, we celebrated a little bit early this year, a few weeks ago. And uh, one of the things that uh, we did while we were there, we, we uh, decorated my parents' house, put up their tree. And then they asked me one morning, my wife and my parents said, Hey, would you like to go to a Christmas festival? Which I said, Sure. I love Christmas festivals. Until I realized that was a dirty, dirty trick. We got to this place, we drove for about a half hour, and we pulled up to this parking lot, massive parking lot, thousands upon thousands of cars, tents everywhere. As far as the eye could see, I thought, wow, this is some festival. This is terrific. Waited in line for 45 minutes. Then my nightmare came true. It was not a Christmas festival per se, it was a Christmas festival craft fair. (laughs) Immediately, after seeing the rows and rows of Christmas vendors trying to sell their crafts, I got sweaty, I got nervous, I started having tunnel vision, I was looking for the exits all over the place. I thought, there's no way I can be here for this long. Church, we were there for three hours, three hours. And I thought, if anybody else tries to pawn off a Christmas top that they whittled out of beechwood, again, I'm just going to lose it. 
So I, I called my sister. I said, my sister uh, was working nearby. I said, uh, I called her up. I said, Renee, you got to come. You got to get me out of here. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip out if I, if I see one more vendor. I can't do this anymore. I need some coffee. So she comes by and she picks me up and we go to Dunkin' Donuts and she uh, orders two cups of uh, large black coffee and she gets them in a tray and then she hands them to me and accidentally dumps them all over my lap and bare leg. So now I have this scolding hot black coffee all over my leg. It was the only time in my life that I wish I was still at the Christmas festival. (laughs) Now... If you've ever spilled hot black coffee on yourself, you know that that is not a, 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 a pretty picture. It hurt more than I can imagine. And now I'm a godly man, but the things that I wanted to say at that moment. I was throwing my shoe out the window, my, my socks out the window, because it was, went all the way down into my shoe. And my leg just started to swell. So I went from one bad thing to another. This is not a good day. So I get home, and I have to put my foot up in the air. I can't put a shoe on. I have to ice it. We had to get medication for my leg because I had this uh, second-degree burn all down my foot. But then the day got worse. My family came home, my, my wife and my, my parents. And while I'm incapacitated on the couch, they proceeded to turn on the TV. And what comes on the television but a 24-hour Hallmark Christmas movie marathon. I thought, surely, this is the year that my kids are going to remember that 2015 was the year that dad just flipped out. By the second movie, I look over, my wife's crying, my sister's crying, my mom's crying, my dad's starting to get teary-eyed, and I thought, I just went from one house of horrors to another. Hallmark Christmas movies. If you've ever seen these movies, they are, uh, uh, they are kind, of a, a, kind of a sappy love story, if you will, these Hallmark Christmas movies. And after the second movie, I, I finally asked my wife, I said, Deb, what is it about these movies that you love so much? Why do you like watching them? And she said, Jared, don't you see? They all end the same way. They're all predictable. The storylines are almost identical. You know every step along the way, and then you always know the ending is a happy, joyous ending. See, there's always a, a, a man and a woman who, by chance, randomly find each other in these movies. And they're usually from different demographics. One's like, uh, from a, a big city, one's from a small town. One uh, loves Christmas, one doesn't. Uh, one is uh, real career-minded, one's family-oriented. And they always, by, by chance, randomly meet. And there's always a sibling or a parent or a grandparent that doesn't like the person that person ends up dating. Uh, there's always a scene where there's a Christmas tree, where they're buying Christmas trees or decorating Christmas trees where the plot always changes. There's usually some kind of puppy involved. <laughs> and then at the end, usually on Christmas Eve, after this all these twists and turns, which you can predict, the man and the woman finally kiss, usually on Christmas Eve, and it always begins to snow. I thought these movies are the most ridiculous things that I've ever seen in my life. But I started to appreciate these movies. I started to actually appreciate them because my wife was right. There's no no fear, there's no anxiety when you watch these movies because you know what's going to happen. They're easy to watch, they're easy to follow because you know in the end 
It all turns out good. In the end, it's always a joyous thing. Everybody always lives happily ever after. And no matter what happens in the movie, there's no worry that one of them is going to get killed off. There's no doubt that one of them is never going to find the other person at the end of the movie. No doubts, no fears, nothing. Very predictable. And as I began to watch them, I started to understand why folks really love these Hallmark Christmas movies. Because in the chaos of life, it's really easy to watch something where you know for certain that no matter how unpredictable life is, that things turn out good in the end. It's easy to watch something like that because you don't have to worry about what's going to happen. We have a lot of worries and fears in life. And it's nice to sit down and actually watch something where you know each step along the way and then you know in the end it's a happy ending. No questions. We know how it's going to work in the end. Pastor Jamie just read a passage of an angel visiting Mary. An unexpected visit. If you've been with us, you know that we're in a series called Expect the Unexpected. The angel gave Mary very little information about what was going to happen in life. She didn't, the angel did not tell Mary every step along the way, all the plots, all the twists, anything that was going to happen to Mary's life. She only, the angel only told Mary one thing, and that's the ending. You're going to name him Jesus, and he's going to reign forever. I wonder what that would be like. I wonder what that would be like. I wonder if Mary at any point in time was thinking, you know, I wonder what my life's going to be like now that I, I'm going to have a baby. I've never been with a man, but I, now I'm pregnant. I wonder if she ever thought, I wonder if Joseph, who I'm supposed to be married to, is going to leave me. I wonder if I'll ever have anybody who will love me and want to marry me now that I have a baby. I wonder if Mary ever thought, I wonder if I'm going to be an outcast. I wonder if I'm ever going to make a living. I wonder if, I wonder if my family's going to love me. I wonder if I'll ever have the wedding of my dreams. I wonder if there's going to be a party after. I often wonder if Mary thought about those things when the angel visited her. Many of us have a lot of questions today, don't we? Maybe it's not about being pregnant, but we ask questions like, will I ever find a job? Will I ever be happy in life? Will I ever find the spouse that I'm looking for? Will I ever get out of this financial mess? Will my marriage ever get fixed? Will my family members ever come back to me? Will I ever conquer this illness? Will the loved one that I know conquer their illness? Will I ever be happy at Christmas time? Will there ever be a time where I won't feel so lonely? There's many questions for us. There are many questions for Mary. But not many answers from the angel, except for one, the ending. If you have your service sheets, Jamie just read it, verse 26. It said, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her, and greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord's with you. Mary was greatly troubled. And wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you will call 
his name, Jesus. We had an excellent opportunity last April to actually visit the place uh, where this encounter occurred in the small town of Nazareth. It's very interesting because there's now a huge church built up over this place where they uh, predict that uh, Mary was visited by the angel and it's all closed off so you can't go back there and it looks like there's a small well back there. And I remember being there in April and thinking, man, I wonder what that was like. Angel visits Mary, tells her this profound news. I wonder if Mary at any point said, wait, Gabriel, before you leave, I, have, I just have a couple of questions for you. I have a couple of questions about how my life's going to unfold. She had little information. But the little information she had was enough. She stepped out in faith and chose to believe it. My question for you tonight. Maybe you're here. Maybe this is one of your first times that you're at church. or Maybe you've been at church for a long time. My question for you tonight is will you step out in faith and believe in who this Jesus is? The songs that we just sang, many of us know them. My question for you is, do you believe it in your heart? Do you believe it when we sing Noel? The story of amazing love. Do you know what that means? Do you believe it? He says Mary was engaged to Joseph. Joseph had a very similar Encounter While he was sleeping, we read this in the book of Matthew, a few books before. Angel visits Joseph, tells him basically the same thing. Says, you, Mary is going to be, uh, is going to conceive and she's going to give birth and you're going to name him Jesus. And then when Joseph woke up from his dream, he did exactly what the angel of the Lord commanded him to do. He took Mary home to be his wife. Joseph, again, like Mary, didn't have the whole story. In his dream, the angel did not lay out everything in Joseph's life. The only thing that he told Joseph was, you're going to name him Jesus. That's what he told Mary. Going to name him Jesus. So the question is, is, who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? Well, we know that Jesus comes from the Hebrew, which means Yahweh will save. Yahweh will save. Question is, is save us from what? Save us from what? You have to understand since the beginning of time, God created Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve sinned. They rebelled. They kind of lived their life the way they wanted to live. And because of that, sin has entered the world. It's really doing things the way you want to do them, living your life the way you choose. And it comes down to selfishness. I don't want. God to be the Lord of my life. I want to live my life the way I I choose to live it. In Romans 3 it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we all have this sin. Because we all have this sin, we can't be around God who is completely holy. And so because of that, we deserve to die. Never be with Him. Ever. That's why Romans 6 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. What is the gift of God? The gift of God is his son being born here on earth to grow and to die for us. That is the true gift. That is the true gift. See, for hundreds of years, God was pointing to the fact that this time was going to come, that he was going to send his son because he loved us so much. Mary and Joseph were waiting for that time. 
It came during a time of chaos in the world. It's interesting that as we look around our world today, there's a lot of chaos. You can look at this past year and see all the, the things that have gone on, all the wonderful things and all the bad things that have gone on in our world around us. Our broken marriages, the atrocities around the world, people living immorally, and all that really is a result of sin. So the question is, is if Jesus came to save us, why do we need a Savior? Because we can't save ourselves. John 3.16, most of you know that verse, very famous verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have, what, everlasting life. This is what Joseph and Mary were longing for. You have to understand that Christianity, the belief system that God came to us, Sending his son to be born as a man in the manger is the only belief system in the whole world where God comes to us. Where we don't have to work and earn our way through a variety of things to gain salvation, to be saved. This is the only belief system. Jesus died on the cross for us, and we're going to celebrate that and his resurrection as we come to Easter rose again three days later, and conquered death. That's why the angel says to Mary in verse 3, He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Church, that should give us such joy, such hope. Son of God, his kingdom will last forever. It will never end. You know, when you look at the kingdoms and empires of the world today, when you look at all throughout history, they've risen and they've fallen. Another kingdom or king will rise and fall. But we know the ending. His kingdom will last forever. We already know the ending. The ending is awesome. The ending is wonderful and happy. Why? Because his kingdom reigns forever. We would want here at the church tonight, the pastors, nothing more than to make sure that you all have that assurance of eternal life with our Heavenly Father. We would want nothing more. Many of you came in uh, here to see the kids or to sing the songs or because it's Christmas. We've titled this sermon, The Unexpected Opportunity. Why? Because it's an opportunity for you to make a commitment. So the question is, is how do you make that commitment? Ephesians 2.8 says, For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. This not from yourselves. It's a gift from God. For by grace that you've been saved. We can't earn our salvation. There's nothing that we can do. Coming here to church doesn't chalk us up one for... uh, Uh, getting us close to heaven. Giving doesn't chalk us up getting closer to heaven. Being good at Christmas. There's nothing we can do. See, there's so many folks that will come at Christmas time thinking that this is something that they're earning. And let me tell you, what a wonderful free gift this is. It's a free gift. It's all by grace. It's all by grace. 
There may be some folks here who say, you know what, Jared, I, I understand and I would love to commit to it, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I haven't earned it. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I don't know all the details of my life that's going to unfold. I don't know what's going to happen when I make this commitment. What my life will be like. How will it ever be different? And I don't want to make that commitment because I don't know. There's no certainty. But let me tell you this. There's certainty that his kingdom will never end. That he will live forever. And if we put our faith and trust in him, we can be with him forever and ever and ever. That's the certainty we have. Mary doesn't know how her next few moments of her life is going to unfold. She says, how will this be? She asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel says, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born. And be called the Son of God. Mary didn't have all the answers. But she knew enough. Take a step of faith. That's why they say faith is not dwelling on what we do not understand. But being faithful to the light that we are given. Faith is not dwelling on what we do not understand. But being faithful to the light that we are given. You know I wonder what would happen. If when Mary heard this news. When the angel came to visit Mary. Wonder what it would have been like if Mary said, you know, I'm going to be with a child and my life's going to be completely different. So no, angel, thank you, but I pass. What if she said, no, I, I can't do this. My circumstances are going to change too dramatically. I, I, I can't, I don't know what the next few moments are going to be like. All my questions aren't answered. What if she said no? What if Joseph, when he had that dream, I wonder, after he had that dream about the angel coming and saying, you need to take Mary home to be your wife because she's going she's to conceive by the power of the Holy Spirit and you're going to name him Jesus. If Joseph walked, woke up and said, wow, I need to be careful what I eat at night because that dream was crazy. But no. I wonder what it would be like if the shepherds who heard the news, the good news of great joy, which will be for all the people, if they heard that news and instead of going to the manger, they said, huh, that was weird, and then went right on to being shepherds. Shepherds took a step of faith and went. Joseph took a step of faith and he committed. Mary took a step of faith as well. My question for you tonight is, will you be willing to take a step of faith? Understanding that Jesus loves you so much, wants a relationship with you, that he died for you on the cross to take away your penalty so that you can have a relationship with him. Are you willing to take that step of faith? I think about Mary in this story. You know, she went back to being a teenager in love. Joseph went back to being a carpenter. The shepherds went back to being shepherds. Their circumstances around them didn't necessarily change, but I guarantee you their heart and lives did. You see, many people come to church, especially at Christmas, with a lot of heavy burdens on them. A lot of heavy things going on. Marriages are a mess. Finances are out of order. There's no peace, no hope. They're here maybe because you're just lonely. 
and you're looking for some glimmer of hope. And then you walk out of here and you, you, some people go, you know, I believe that and I, I believe God's going to totally change my circumstances. And when, they, when he does it, they, they get frustrated. They go, I don't, I don't believe in that. I can tell you. Now, Jesus gives us hope by restoring the relationship to him. He died for us so that we can have a relationship with him. That's the true gospel. That's the true gospel. And we're trying to fix our lives through our own means. He wants to have a relationship with us, to walk us through those things. That's what gives us hope. That's what gives us peace. That's what gives us ultimate joy, knowing that we have a relationship with him. Like the shepherds, like Joseph, like Mary, we need to respond and move. I'm going to ask David to come out. We're going to uh, take part in communion here in a few, mo- few moments. My question for you as we approach this communion table is will you make that commitment tonight? Will you for the first time maybe realize what the true gift of Christmas is really all about? We may not know the next few moments of our life, the next day, a week from now. We may not know. But we do know what happens in the end. This kingdom will never end. That gives us more peace, more hope, more joy than anything. There was a fellow in my office a few weeks ago I remember him saying, Jared, I'm so lonely. I'm so lonely at Christmas time. My family, they've all died at different times at Christmas, and I am completely alone. And he's sitting there sobbing in my office. And I said, what what would bring you joy? He said, bringing my family back. I said to him, "I, I I can't bring your family back. But I can offer you joy. I can offer you hope and I can offer you peace by having a relationship with our Heavenly Father, knowing that He loves you so much that He sent His Son to die for you. That's the hope you can have. And you can go on every Christmas after this and have a wonderful joy, not only at Christmas time, but all year round. That's the hope we have. So, my question for you is will you take that step and believe? It's as simple as recognizing that. You have sin and there's nothing that you can do on your own power to get rid of it. You simply ask Christ to forgive your sins and ask him to be the Lord of your life. It says if you declare with your mouth, it says in Romans, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. It's as simple as that. Believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Oh, church, we would want nothing more from this service than for you to walk out here and know for sure that you can have a relationship with him now in this life. And then when you die and stand before him, he says, why should I let you into my kingdom that shall never end? You say, because I love you. I've asked for forgiveness of my sins and I made you Lord of my life. And he says, enter in. That's what we would love more than anything else. So that's my question for you this evening, is will you make that choice tonight? Will you pray with me?
Well, God, we do thank you for the gift that you sent. We thank you for the fact that you, you have sent your son to be born in the manger. And as we sang in that song, it really is a, a story of amazing love. Father, I pray that you be with every heart right now. Father, I pray that you move among, amongst us, Father. Some of us are suffering in so many ways. We've been trying to live our life on our own, and we realize it's just not working. Some of us are so broken up inside, looking for any glimmer of hope. Father, I pray that you convict them now, knowing that you love them and want to have a relationship with them, and that's the hope that they can have. And church, I'm going to give you a time in the silence of this moment to speak to our Heavenly Father. You have to understand, he, he's here. He hears you right now. He sees you where you are. He sees how you've been living your life, and he simply wants you to come home to him. I encourage you in the silence of this service to pray this prayer along with me. Understand, you're not praying this prayer to me. You're, you're praying it to our Heavenly Father who knows you, who loves you, who hears you, who wants to hear from you tonight. If you've never made that commitment, pray this prayer along with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I, under, I understand that you sent your son to be born in a manger and to, to die for me. Father, thank you for that gift. Father, I pray that you forgive me of my sins. Wipe me clean. I want to have a relationship with you. So I ask that you become the Lord of my life to lead me, to guide me. Father, thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for leading me. Father, help me to put you at the forefront of all of my actions through the rest of my life. Help me keep my eyes fixed on you. Thank you for loving me and having a relationship with me. And Father, I do thank you for all those that may have prayed that prayer tonight, Father. As they've asked for forgiveness, Father, we thank you for what your word says that when we confess our sins, you are faithful, you are just, you forgive us, and you cleanse us of all unrighteousness, Father, so we thank you for that, for washing us clean, help us to feel that presence, walking out of here this evening, Father, no guilt, no shame, we thank you for that, and Father, thank you for the relationship that they now can have with you, we thank you for what you've done, sending your son to be born and to die for us, we give you all the praise, all the glory, we ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus.